Good evening, Patriots. Welcome to Fishers of Men. And it's still March 3rd in the year 2022, unless you're on the East Coast or beyond, in which case it's tomorrow already, <laughs> which is good. I'm going to just give you the check the links out below the podcast. Those are the sponsors to the show tonight, and we're going to go easy on that. But you know who they are, MyPillow.com. Check that out. Use your Bard's code there, your promo code. Expedition Coffee, XPED. It's the coffee that boosts your health and your energy. ExpeditionCoffee.com and all sorts of other great health products. And the FoundersBible.com. Use your promo code BARDS there for 20% off. So all sorts of great savings and great products. All products I truly believe in. So check those out. I want to play a short clip here for you. From Brian Welch. He's the guitarist for Korn. It's about 33 seconds. Listen to this. I will never say in this realm the thing, some of the things that I did, you know, that I needed to be forgiven for because they're just too dark. And he forgave me of all that stuff. I mean, to, to realize the, uh, the magnitude of the freedom to be forgiven of such dark things. For those who've been forgiven much, love much. That's what Jesus said. And so that's that's what happened, you know. In this time when there has been so much division, and I mean amazing levels of division, and some of it is division that we can't even control because it's dealing with a frenzied way of thinking and health issues. And those health issues are big. Dealing with Concerns of blood contamination, which is just if you have to get a blood infusion. Concerns of shedding, which is real. And it's going to take a lot for us to have to sit back and forgive. And we're going to have to. Because in the end of the day, the only way we're going to get through this is coming together. And I don't know how we cross some of those bridges. I don't but I know God knows how. And I know Jesus can guide us in that path. And there's a lot of darkness ahead that we have to forgive because it's going to come out. You know, we have Lindsey Graham tonight calling for the assassination of President Putin. I'll say this as an American. If I could get my hands on Lindsey Graham right now, I let's just say we would have a serious conversation about integrity and trying to hide the things that he and McCain did over in Ukraine because they were there together with the neo-Nazis. I also think that it's important that we as American citizens speak out. If you're on the side of Lindsey Graham, then I you probably shouldn't be on this show. Because Lindsay does not support my views. I don't think he supports the majority of, I don't see how he can support any view of anybody walking with Christ. We don't do that. It does show a level of panic. There is obviously a level of extreme panic happening within the elites. 
and I've said this all along, this is a war between elites. It's a one elite faction fighting another elite faction. Call it extremists and moderates. I don't like the fact we'll continue to speak out against the hypocrisies and the duplicities. I don't want to be seeing a world where they're being forced into digital money and being forced into some transhuman pathway, yet all the elites seem to be on board with that. So not cool with me. Not cool with any sort of form of digital pass or future crimes garbage that has been promoted by many of the elites. Not cool with AI being in any part of my life. Not acceptable because I don't, it's not our role to create sentient beings. Unacceptable to have CRISPR technology, human modification, and genetically modified humans walking the face of the earth. Sorry, it's not the game we play. That's not God's world. And it's, there's no question that there's, I mean, you have Germany shipping over 2,400 anti-aircraft missiles. You have the CIA trying to recruit people to go over and fight. The Pentagon is trying to recruit people to fight anybody in the military complex supporting the mission to Ukraine. You know where they sit there. They're, to fight for the Ukrainians means that you are literally supporting neo-Nazis and while it may not be exactly that clear when you get on the ground, we have no business in that fight. That's not our realm, other than if you're trying to protect our 11 bioweapons labs and support a country that has one of the highest levels of child sex trafficking and trying to support one of the countries that was the hub for the election fraud in the U.S., I mean, yeah, maybe, or cover up more of the Burisma fraud that had to do with the Biden family and all the oil and gas contracts, et cetera. Oh, and then let's not forget the billions channeled from Iran deal into there as well. I mean, this is this is the hypocrisy. But if you're over there, especially if you're vaxxed, and we we do pray for you and we do forgive you, but there is a good message for those that are vaxxed just to keep in mind. Because as you might, since you probably are going to want to fight for freedom, you didn't fight for hours. If you're interested in fighting for Ukraine, here you go. Oh, hey. Glad I got a hold of you. I just want to remind all the vaccinated people out there, we're rooting for you. You know, we're about to go to war and us unvaccinated, we're not allowed to travel, so we'll hold down the fort. God bless you. We will hold down the fort for you, so good luck. But we're going to have to get to a there is this line I talk about, and it is a line of what we have to stand for. Obviously, the world is freaking out. I mean, I'm sure the latest news tonight, I think, sadly, I think there's been an action done that will probably crush Russia. And I don't know that they're going to recover off of this. and it, Because it posted a little earlier today, but it, the news is devastating. And it wasn't what I expected. It, it's the fact that... The International Feline Federation banned all Russian cats from all competitions. You got that. An international cat federation has banned all Russian-owned and bred cats from competing in international competitions in a move that's sure to stop Putin's attack on Ukraine. I'm sure that's going to cripple the whole Russian Federation right there. And then all the, so those people that we heard about the other night that are pouring out your vodka... <laughs> 
you're pouring out your vodka you already bought. Like, that's just stupid. I don't know what to say. Pouring it down the drain, dang, man, that's like good tincture stuff. Don't do that. The preppers want it. We'll buy it from you. If you have to tear off the label, go ahead, soak the bottle or something. I don't know. We'll leave it. We'll even take it and wrap the bottle for you, but it's good for tincture, so knock it off. Don't quit pouring out good vodka. And anyway, Russian vodka is the best. It's just the way it is. It's just a level of absolute lunacy. There's a piece I played a couple weeks ago in the midst of the Canadian unification. I'm going to call that the Canadian unification event because Canada unified. God bless you, Canada. Still love you to death, even though you've managed to have to take third rate to the news of the fake war in Ukraine and the United States supporting neo-Nazis. Sorry about that, but what the heck? Your Trudeau supports the neo-Nazis as well, so I guess we're all what's love, what's good in war. All is good in love and war, I guess they say. So here, let me play this piece here. This this is a one-minute, 41-second piece. It does relate to Canada and what was going on up there, but I pay attention because it's very relevant to what's going on right now. Uh, what do you think about out of that? Well, I think this is a one giant narrative. It's kind of like a movie, and it's been that way all along where they bring the cameras here. It's like a big film set. They bring all the police. They point the cameras where they want, and then they provoke, they push us. It's been peaceful the whole time, the last three weeks. Yesterday, we were all peaceful here. They were The police were the ones pushing. And most of the police are, they seem like just people doing their job. It's a tough job. It's probably the toughest days of their career. But what's happening here is not being what's told in the media. And literally, it is a movie. They have a narrative. They're following Trudeau's hate that's being that's dividing us. And thank God there are some media outlets that are actually reporting on what's going on. Uh, last night, uh, I witnessed a, a cameraman from Global literally violently shove someone, turn on the camera, and then the, the reporter get on get on camera. That literally happened. Thankfully, someone was filming it and they reported it and are pressing charges against that cameraman. But what we're seeing here is the media that's taking part in this division to fool people across this country, across the world, about what's happening. And what's happening here is, is we're not being divided. We're actually coming together as one, which is what the government's afraid of. So people need to wake up to actually realize what this is about. This isn't a racist movement. What's happening is we're just being divided again. So thank you for reporting on what's the truth here. Thank you. And now we just replaced Canada with Ukraine, Ukraine, and Russia, Russia, Russia. Remembering again that for those supporting Zelensky, you're supporting a man that on TV played the piano with his weenie. Just saying. And that's that would that's a proud moment for that nation. Out of my distress I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Psalm one eighteen five six. In this time, we have to seek this strength and this unity through God. The world that we knew is over. And I, I think that's the part, and definitely going to talk a lot about this tomorrow night in Bards FM, but on the show, which I think I've got it titled Be Ungovernable. 
but the world as we know it is over. The, the challenge most people are having right now is they're clinging on to something that never was really real. And it's definitely over, but because of the way that this death is happening, and it is happening globally, it's very hard for people to see and realize that what was is now done. There's only forward, not going back. And forward, there's only two paths. And I've said this many times before, it looks like there's two there's actually, well, it's three paths. Two of those paths go to the same point. The center path is your, is your trap. It's that path of the moderate elites that are promising you a great new world, promising you all sorts of illusions, and it's the MAGA model. But it's all tied back to a Babylonian money system. And it's laden with traps. The path forward, the only true path forward is a path with Christ. And through Christ to the Father. And when we're walking that path, none of these politicians have any control over us. The media has no control over us. You're not seeking to go work for some corporate master. In fact, you're pursuing something even higher. You're pursuing a, a relationship in life where as you put God and Christ before all things, everything transforms. It's a world where we put our trust in God first to accomplish and to realize a world of unlimited potential rather than to put our trust and our worship into institutions and men where we discover that our potential is limited by what they allow us to do. Big difference. And that juncture's right before us right now. And it's literally Jeremiah 6.16. Thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. There will be many who choose not to walk this path. And it will be a choice that we're all going to have to make. The lures to go to this other place are going to be immense. The question is really, when we look at the financial system, just from an objective point of view, and this isn't even getting into the biblical level of this, ask yourself very hard questions. And I encourage you to ask the questions and to research if you doubt this. But when you have a system that we're living under that has been propped up by imaginary money, and that imaginary money is derivatives, four quadrillion, at least, maybe more. There's even there's even some evidence or suggestion that that number could be double that, like eight quadrillion. That's a house of cards. Worse yet, it's not even, it's like a house of cards that have been rotted in the basement, weathered, and so they're just like one little, little hard breeze or blow of your mouth, the whole thing falls and goes dust into the wind. And that's really where we are. So, there is no going back. And so if you're not going back, the question people have to ask is, what is this that we're, where are we going forward then? And too many people are trying to make the forward path to remake the past. And when you're trying to do something over and over in the same way, expecting a different outcome, that is literally by definition insanity. 
And that's exactly what we're doing. And we're not just that we're doing, we're being encouraged to do it. This is what bothers me the most. I don't care what leader is in the nation right now, encouraging people to vote, 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 go out and vote. It's a comedy show and they know it's a comedy show. Who's ever going to get elected has already been decided. And I would guarantee you if everybody in the United States came to an agreement for one vote to sit out and do not, and not vote at all, you would be stunned because what you would see is you would find out that everyone voted because that's how rigged the system is. And the problem with that, and I've heard some comments like, you know, if you, if we have prayers with God, God can make it happen. I can win and I can get elected even though, you know, regardless. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. Why would God reward you to run into a system that is run by Luciferians? I'm not saying God won't. I'm not going to speak for God, but it doesn't make a lot of sense to put a lot of weight in a miracle of something that is so rotten that if anything, God would want to see this system destroyed and brought to the ground. The place that we're heading into isn't an if, it's a when. The storm is here. That's not even questioned if you look around and see all the things that are happening. And we've got our feet hopefully rock solid on that rock of faith because we're going to need it. And When this thing explodes, and like I say, it doesn't matter who comes in office. It doesn't matter what promises are made. The only time I will start to believe in this judicial system and this government system is when you show me Andrew Borla, CEO of Pfizer, and Larry Fink, CEO of BlackRock, when I see those guys sitting in front of a tribunal for crimes against humanity and then being punished for the crimes that they've done, I'll start to have some faith, some respect would be a better term, for the government system in which we're under. Until then, it's just a clown show. And right now... We don't have time for clown shows. The earth is going to get shaken, and all the pieces are in play. We've got a portion of humanity that has been poisoned by this injection that are going to suffer degraded immune systems at the very least. There's a piece that was published, and it's and I'll read it because it's actually quite, quite stunning. This came from Derek Rance on T-E-R-E-K, Derek Rance on Telegram, R-A-N-T-S. And it says under this, above the photo, it says, I took this photo at our pediatrician's office this morning. Now, I'm just going by the photo. I can't verify it, but this is what it says. And it, it's got, it, it looks like it's legitimate. It says, student athletes, sports physicals are done primarily to make sure you are not at high risk for sudden cardiac death on the playing field. COVID vaccination affects your risk. In response to worldwide experience and vaccine adverse event monitoring, we are adopting a more precautionary sports physical sign-off policy. If you have received doses of any COVID shot, 
We will not be able to clear you to compete in sports without performing lab work and possibly echocardiogram to rule out potential heart damage. In other words, if you got the shot, you just got majorly screwed. And the thing is, so many of these schools have mandated it. So that's a pretty small example of the big thing I was talking about, but it's nonetheless an indicator, and it's an important one. These are all indicators that we know this injection's damaging. We know that the side effects are immense. We know that thousands, if not millions, have taken it. We know people have died. We know people are suffering consequences, and we're left with that legacy. We are going to be, we are facing a massive food crisis coming. It's not a joke. Fertilizer production is off. It's it's crashing. And while we can root for the good guys and in like the Q group is like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. Okay, whatever is coming, I don't know, but I can guarantee you this. It's not coming with roses and whipped cream. Gas prices are accelerating and going up. Fertilizer production is down. We have a crisis of water in California and many other states where critical belts of agriculture are looking at completely being decimated in a year, like trees, fruit trees and avocado trees. are. Those crops are looking to be decimated if they don't get water this spring. The unrecoverable type decimation. Those are things that take years to rebuild. We're looking at Forms of climate change, two different forms of it. One is man-made. It's being manipulated. We see that all the time. And then you have something else going on that's affecting, that's being, it's affecting the earth. Everything from solar minimums to a shift that's happening on the magnetic north, which is suggesting a potential pole shift. There are crises coming at us at a magnitude far greater than some little brush war in Ukraine or a bunch of stupid mandates that they're now dropping. And what it's going to require in the end is that for us to get through this is we're going to have to find a way to come together and put our differences aside. That's not going to be easy for any of us, especially since we've held this line and we're dealing with people that have been quite frankly abusive and outright reckless in their choices. But again, I think that's part of the walk that God has put us here for because he's known that we could do it. Proverbs 16.32, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. We need to rule our spirit. And we need to find our way through a lot of this and we're going to get through it together. And that's where the fellowship that we've been building is so important. We have to be the bridge builders and we have to be the rebuilders of a world because we can't follow a path that's going to take us again in in a world where it's a choice. And this is where everything in this moderate elite path is this. It's a choice. So it's a choice to 
modify your body with tech or not. It's a choice to take the injection or not. It's a choice to worship God or not. I'm not going to live in any more of those worlds like that. I'm done. Because that choice got us here. And whether by design of our founding fathers or whether by accident, which would be a God's hand event, either way it's a God's hand event, when we read our Declaration of Independence and realize that this nation was built with God on the throne as a theological monarchy first and foremost, that's an unbelievable rarity, if not exception, in the world history of men. And there's something there that we can tap into to truly rebuild an incredible nation. But if we're going to follow the idolatry of leaders, and I don't care who it is, and there's, you know, I just look at these rallies, and we've got two competing rallies going on right now, and don't fool yourself. You've got the MAGA rallies, which are Trump, and you've got the Make Great Awakening Tour or something like that, whatever the Clay Clark rallies is, which is Flynn. Those two are teeing up to run for president, or at least some one of them is. And I, I'm just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I really find this to be, it's, it's literally a comedy hour. I'm looking at this going, okay, wait a minute, we're doing what in the middle of a, of a crisis of the world? We're prepping to run for president? I mean, seriously. There shouldn't even be a discussion about that. And unfortunately, this whole rally rah-rah garbage isn't doing anything to address the massive damage that has already happened to people losing their jobs, people losing incomes, family support, houses, being left destitute. And then let's just get into the COVID murder that's happened and the slaughter of innocence, the, the destruction of people's DNA and whole health systems in their body, the murder, the wanton murder that's been happening in hospitals. Let's just be clear about what it is. And we need to stop being careful about it. You know, I read something today, a guy that he, this guy, you've probably seen this video. It's been floating around and it's a guy from, it took a selfie, started by taking a selfie with the Nevada governor, and then he just brutalizes him. You know, he calls him a POS, and he calls him a dirtbag, and he calls him a China lover, and he's aggressive. And I read some comments today. It's like, well, I don't think he handled it the right way. So what is the right way to deal with some of this? On one level, we have our fellow brethren that have been victimized, and we have to have compassion. But at the end of the day, there has to be a choice that they make of whether they're coming to Christ or not. And that's going to be the big defining line. Because if we're going to sit here and we're going to walk this line and go, okay, well, um, I walk with Christ, but you can choose to do whatever you want and it's okay, but I'm going to walk with Christ. We are right back where we started. And I'm, I'm just not going there anymore. And where we are at a point right now that we have to make a decision on this path we walk of whether we want God in our country, want God on the throne in our nation, want God before us in all things and through us and doing all things with us, or if we want to go back 
to this weekend drive through preaching. You know, I'm going to spin over to the church and get my drive through salvation, and then I'm going to come home. Galatians 6, 7, 8, don't be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh, from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. I'm going to choose eternal life. I assume there'll be a few that'll probably want to walk that too. But it is so important that we put these things before us now. Because when the storm crashes in, on one hand, you have this strange balance. And it's an, and it's an important one to consider here. When you are talking about building your tribe, you have to ask some hard questions. Because in a moment of desperation, on one hand, we're going to need to be helping others, assisting, but in the inner tribes that you build, if you're going to allow anything to happen and don't have an azimuth and a focal point of what you're going to build on, we're just going to become nothing. So let me give you an example, the difference. In your inner tribe, and you build out something where it's agreed upon that everybody in that tribe is going to worship God as a part of everything that we do. And in that tribe, there's going to be, there is say, be rules that every morning, everybody prays together. And throughout the day, everybody agrees to have a conversation as they move through the day with God, to engage God with the things that they do. Every meal has prayer, and every night there's a closing prayer together. That would, say, be your tribe. That would be the minimum. So there are those out here that are going to need help. They're going to be looking. They're going to be desperate. Remember, we're going to see a financial collapse, and we're going to see food shortages. You can try to paint a picture, and I think people try to. I think we try to do the, it can't possibly be this bad. Something's going to happen to save us the last minute. I don't see that in Scripture. Sorry. And I'm not trying to be one that paints a gloomy picture because I don't see, they see it as gloomy at all because it's exciting when you're walking with Christ. It's exciting when Father's with you because you know that this adventure that's coming at you, he's going to tuck you in. It's going to be okay. But it's he's got you here for a reason. And that's in itself such an honorable place. Who cares what comes? And what's the worst possible thing? I died. Okay. But guess what? I've got life left thereafter. It's all good. But it's going to get crazy. So you have to be clear and not get swept up in their crazy. I had a friend who shared this with me once, and a real spiritual guy, and I think he made a, I've always held to this as a real excellent insight. He said, when you're walking around and you see homeless, when you engage the homeless, understand that they're going to work very hard to bring you into their world. That's a very insightful point, and it proves true, actually. Because once you get sucked into their world, we lose the perspective, the discernment, and then we start to act, let's just say, differently. We're going to want to solve all their problems. We're going to want to give them all sorts of money, whatever. 
But we have to keep a respective distance and keep God at the center of all things. God does not want us to become a welfare giver. Christ was not giving welfare. That walk has to be one of strength in which we're giving guidance through Scripture and guidance through God's words and guidance through the blessings of forgiveness, and we're going to help one another as we can. But there has to be a plan. When I say that, somebody comes to your door and they're like, we don't have any food and we can't get any food at the stores. Okay, I can help you for a night. But I need to sit with you. I need to pray with you. I need you to accept the Lord in this process. And I need you to have a plan. What is your plan? And if it's, I, I don't have any, I just need food. It's like, okay, we, we got to come up with something here because your lack of planning, your lack of listening, your lack of walking away from God when he was speaking so boldly can't just be fixed. Now, when we've done this, we're going to do what we can to help, but you have to take action. And that's speaking as if I was speaking to a neighbor. And we have to have that mindset because it's stewardship. It's not welfare. And we have to keep in mind that God will provide and we have things there for God to provide for all. But our goal is to bring people closer in a walk with Christ. So, I'm not going to reject somebody that comes to my door in desperation, but I guarantee you it's going to be a different type of conversation if they're in desperation and they just want. It's like, okay. Because the problem people have is, and this is in this kind of godless walk that so many have had, is you have, I deserve to have some of it. It's like, I don't know where that came from, but okay. Well, you have it, so I need to have some of it because that's, and they, they distort the Christian value piece here really badly. It kind of goes like this. You have, and you're Christian, so you need to share with me. It's like, yeah, I'm going to share as I can with you, but you're going to share with me in my walk with Christ if that's going to be the case. And that's going to require that before you're going to take a serving, you're going to sit with me and pray, and it might be an hour, and you might be hungry for that extra hour, but we're going to walk through this one. You know, I told you the story. This is a very real example, and it's our, the mission in my town. And I, I shake my head when I hear this story, and it's, I mean, it's a true story. They've had empty beds. We've had, we have plenty of homeless here, like all towns do these days, because they're just spilling over. And they're move, people are moving around. There's Obviously, people are being displaced by this whole economic implosion. And there's no provisions in our society to deal with this. We have no, we've never, we, don't, we put $5.4 billion in Ukraine and we don't put a drop to help people on the streets. That just kind of tells you where our government is. So it is a problem. The mission, though, has had empty beds. And that's kind of stunning. It's like, why would you have empty beds at a mission? They're offering you free beds. They're offering you a meal. And they guarantee you a hot meal and a warm place to sleep and a shower. Why would you have free beds? And this is why. Because many don't want to deal with listening to a sermon for about an hour while they eat. 
Here's my response. Then you deserve to be cold and hungry. Sorry. You're making a choice. And that's where we have to hold that true line. We have to decide. It's I'm not, you know, in no way am I heartless about this. But doggone, we have walked a path that has taken us in a parallel course and now that course is deviating and careening off a cliff because that course in life said God was optional. You can grow up and be an agnostic. You can be an atheist. You can be whatever you want. Oh, yes, we're a Christian society, but if you don't like that, you can even tell us to remove God out of the country and we're still somehow going to be a Christian society. That's the biggest lie going. Because that's just opening the door for Satan to walk in and fill the chair. And that can't happen anymore. Not if we're going to do a reset. So that pivots back to everything that's coming. Obviously, at some point, and I'm not telling you when because I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow, though it could. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, though it's likely. But all these things said, there is a there's a continued degradation and destruction to the system that's happening and it's collapsing around us. And if your eyes aren't open to see it, please get them open because there's no escaping this wall of tsunami that's coming at us. And it's just happening in so many levels. Shortages of power, it's coming. The internet, just it's just not working, and they're going to try to force something new upon us. The digital IDs, the, the banking system, which itself is creeping to a dead halt because of the overstretch of debt. The reduction in buying power, the loss of jobs. You can't fix those things no matter how fast. And just imagine, for example, and I mean, I'll just continue with a few more things before I say that, it's, you have inflation that's eroding away. 30% of the buying power of the American public has been lost in the last year. Gas has increased 30%. Lumber prices are up 60%. Fertilizer production's down. Food costs are up. Food supplies are dwindling rapidly. Water supplies are drying up. And you can see the picture. There's a solar minimum happening right now. That's so, the productions of all these green power plants is falling off. We're reducing our petroleum output. We're reducing our coal production. I mean, and what we do have is being bought up by foreign interests. We are being lost in the middle of this. And then we layer on the issues of the vax, the damage that's happening, that that's giving the 5G nightmare that's going on. You can start to see this picture. There is a culmination moment happening. I don't know when it is, but it's happening. And it, it's getting so close. It just takes literally a snap of a match a spark, a tinder to light the tinder, and it goes. So in all of this, if you don't have your eyes open, please look. Because it's going to collapse. And we have to be able to weather that storm. And that means being able to endure, to do as we as God would want us to do, to take and make sure that we're ready to steward our families. But we have to be clear on our direction because when the chaos hits, that's not the time to make a plan. And I'm speaking also from experience of war. You don't make a plan in the middle of a, of a gunfight. Your training, your discipline, all the things that you've learned, that's how you rely on and that's how you maneuver through these fights. 
And it's going to be very important as we, the people, move forward because we have to reset this in God's grace, not another round of Luciferian clown shows. And I think if there's anything we can all absolutely agree on, it would be that, that we're done with this level of stupid. And the only way through that is to quit crutching on other people and expecting some miracle of hope. But again, with all the things I laid out, let's just say that God all of a sudden said, okay, everybody's going to get everything you need to survive. That's a God level event. I could see that possibly happening. I mean, not happening, but I could see that that could stabilize. But outside of that, you tell me a way that you're going to get in this country to 300 plus 330 million people, all the food, all the money, all the supplies, all the housing, everything that they need in the midst of all these other things falling apart. And the answer is you're not going to do it quickly. And there are many people out here that are relying and expecting the government to come to their aid in times of crisis. And there are going to be crises, not just one, but many. It's not going to be smooth. It, and I expect that that's exactly as God would want it. Because being that it's not smooth, it's going to require us to do something really profound. And that is this. In order for us to get through this, we must work together as one body in Christ. Pretty interesting how God's worked all this and brought this together. John fourteen twenty seven. peace I leave with you, peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful, truly grateful for this time that we're in. And in spite of all the challenges, as our eyes are opened, we just realize just what an amazing time to witness the glory of all things being revealed and the opportunity that you've given us to reset by going to work with one another, to start building the fellowships that we need to get through this, and it requires that all of us have accountability and conviction to move forward to see this to success. Lord, there's going to be many challenges ahead of this, and we, as we've discussed tonight, and we ask for your blessings, and we ask for your discernment in these moments. There are going to be challenging moments where there will be desperation and there will be people in much need, and we want to help them all. So, Lord, in those moments, also help us, guide us with that process of also helping them that are in such need realize the strength in coming back to you. There is a power in us giving. We know that, Lord, and we trust in you in this. So as we do and as we continue this walk with you, we're listening of how you want us to give, how you want us to expand the kingdom. And we're also reminded of the importance of forgiveness. These are going to be difficult times, Lord, as we are challenged with the emotions that we feel. We are human. The walk with Christ in that seeking to be in the walk of perfection and sinless. 
and to listen to you, to hear you clearly in a world surrounded by noise and distractions. Forgive us, Lord, for the transgressions that we have made and guide us now in the strength of discernment and listening and seeing with clear eyes to forge a path ahead to help heal, to help build bridges, and to help reestablish a fellowship in this nation, in a new nation, with you on the throne above us all. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We can do amazing things, obviously, when we trust in God. And I truly believe that those amazing things are going to be greater than we've ever imagined. For all I said tonight, I also want to highlight something that struck me during prayer, and it's worth repeating as we close. There is a power in giving that's far greater than anything I said tonight. And there is a power in giving and forgiveness that's far greater than anything I said tonight. And there is a trust in God in that giving that ensures that whatever we need is provided, which is far greater than anything I said tonight. So, to be candid in the process of this conversation tonight, God's giving me my own things to think about. These are times to listen and to reflect and to take to prayer. These aren't conversations that are just easy. They're conversations that by virtue of having these conversations, God puts questions before us for us to think about, to consider and to reflect upon and to grow from. So I guess I'd sum up tonight's talk like this. Hopefully there were some seeds planted that you can take to prayer. And from that, we can all grow better together. Have a very blessed night. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Our prayers are so important right now to listen to Father, to be challenged by Father, to question the positions we're at, to grow stronger and to grow greater within the body of Christ. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And I think we know that. But I think the bigger piece is how deep are we willing to trust, which is extremely important. Because even in this conversation tonight, there was the human side of that conversation of setting out boundaries, and there's the God side of that conversation, which is forgive and give in the same breath and watch how many miracles I can create. Bottom line is, we're all growing. And God knows that. And so he also, and as we know, he will always win. But in that process, we have something to do here. In this time, in this place, for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Have a very blessed night. Tomorrow, Patriots, no bended knee tomorrow. It's not posted, and I'll make sure we put it up on Telegram. But there's no bended knee tomorrow. I have a meeting I have to attend, and I'm not going to be able to lead Ben Didney. So we will do Ben Didney on Saturday, and we'll do our regular show tomorrow night. 
on Bards FM. So, until then, or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now. Out on the freeway
my mind We run away sometimes When belonging becomes something to find We always come back to what we know Keep it close on the cold days, darling Counting all the ways Where you are safe place to hide from the rain 